0: the never cans ultimately become the greatest opportunities to go through and not just to like prove people wrong i don't necessarily believe just in that but i think it's it's proving people to be hey there's a better way to do this and we can go do it for me it was like i'm not gonna go have a seat at the table if i don't press the gas so we're gonna go welcome to inner pump where we help driven individuals get the most out of life and build the inner mastery to
1: drive growth confidence, discipline, and mental fortitude, where overcoming adversity means doing the things you know you should do, real topics, real people, real business, I'm your host, Ajay, let's get it, <laughs> this is Pump. welcome, welcome, welcome to Interpump Podcast, yes sir, we're back, we're back Must baby, help. another episode, another week,
2: another week to get better, another week to grind, you know how we do. Well, I got the co-host in the building. Matt, how you feeling, man? Hey, man. I'm, I'm, this is always energizing for me. I, we, you and I were talking about this. Uh, the coolest part about this, uh, in a little bit of a retrospective for the first, call it, 10 episodes, is I think we're getting more out of this, you and I, <laughs> than anybody else. A thousand percent. Man. And I I, I, so, I, was hoping a little bit selfishly that that would happen, but I'm learning. So, it's been amazing. It's been
1: amazing, man. It's been amazing. All the guests we have. But speaking of guests, we got it. To- Incredible guest in the building, baby! <laughs> what up, what up, what up? Hey! <laughs> Here we go. My boy, SMU alum, Mr. CEO and founder of the largest tech company, one of the largest in Dallas, uh, Dotted. Let's yes. go, baby. How you feeling?
0: i it's a Matt, it's a, pl- it's a privilege. Uh, thank you for thank you for having me. He looks like a Dotted mannequin yeah. right now no, we with, got a, with we the got company swag. So right for anybody got that's wrap. not on YouTube. Okay, okay, okay. Kyle, I see. There we, go. we got to wrap Come on. Hey, Good. wait,
1: funny story, bro. Kyle was one of the first people to support monayana uh-huh. my clothing oh, line in back college
2: win. you got swindled by
1: I the monayana <laughs>
0: guy i did i still got the finesse shirt i still hey, got it go on guy, bro. go on
1: yeah man so kyle I, I appreciate you bro for supporting me back then and uh we look forward to unraveling and uh, unpacking your story bro Dude,
0: i'm excited thanks yeah, for having man. me yeah so tell appreciate us a little quick little intro bro yeah, so, um, gosh, born and raised here in Dallas, went to SMU. Uh, for those that lived in Dallas, I went to ESD for 13 years and um, never left. Don't have a reason to at this point. So, uh, all my family's here, siblings are here and all the things. And, but where I want to jump off is actually kind of give you a little background on how Dottie came to be and actually my personal story. That's good with you. Please, bro. Cool. Please, we love to hear that. Um, so, yeah, so... Went to ESD thirteen years and uh played tennis my entire life. So tennis was like my thing. And I was gonna be on the SMU tennis team. Um actually chose between SMU and Tulsa uh to go play. So uh shout out American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But uh about four days before uh I guess freshman year. So this is take y'all back on the timeline. Uh this is August of twenty twelve. So um I went on the, call it SMU orientation trip, which I think is uh, Mustang Corral. I think the slogan is, it all starts at, at Corral, uh, back at least when I was there. And uh, it almost all started and all ended at Corral for me because I actually got bit <laughs> by a mosquito on uh about four days before school started and yeah you might be like what does that have to do with anything uh because <laughs> yeah i'm like come
2: on dude Yeah, it no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, everyone gets this a mosquito ball, bite where this the story starts yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah this is where
0: it happens um and then so that's on a on a thursday before school um and then that sunday night you kind of do this rotunda like i don't know a little activity or or whatever they call it and went to dinner with my parents it was like a little send-off great fine fine and i didn't feel too good and so i woke up the next morning and i was like shoot um, so I was that kid, first day freshman year of college, who's in the back of the classroom. I mean, I'm sure the teacher thought I had turned up the last five minutes in a row. Yeah, over. I was so hung over or something, but <laughs> I was coughing, sneezing. I had a fever. I had the whole thing. Yeah. And then actually it really started to shift in that day. So that day, August 20th of 2012, um, is when I actually had, that was my first day of having West Nile virus. Wow. And so, uh, West Nile was actually a conduit uh, for very significant life change and heart change in, in how I see the world. And so, um, ended up being sick for really symptomatic for about six months. Uh, tennis was gone really normal life in a lot of ways was gone. I was sleeping about 16 to 18 hours a day. Um, and yeah, then things got really crazy. Cause I didn't have about, I didn't have memory of what was going on, uh, for about five weeks. So call it August 20th. Fully,
2: point. fully operational. I was, fully
0: operational. It was like, the weirdest thing It was like I was living in a augmented reality where you could see me and interact with me, but I wasn't here. Wow. Um, And yeah, my parents and obviously family just were like, how do we help? Obviously, you know, want to get better. Don't want to be in this state forever. Um, And my mom's an an ob Jin, And so uh, I was seeing all the doctors you could see, infectious disease, neurologist, et cetera um and really got diagnosed with West Nile virus and um uh, that was kind of the story life just stopped and mm. um, it was like i don't know y'all you have been 17 16 18 before like you're kind of invincible and then you're not until you're not yeah. and then it's like oh i have a whole new perspective on how the world yeah. works and like real life happens you know when you're life's not fair kind of thing yeah like i I trained at tennis. I did the mile time. I had the skill. I've played the tournaments. Like, I did the things. Um, but actually, in a lot of ways, I felt like I was taught that doing the things wasn't actually really where life was found. Um, and so that was a really, yeah, it was a long, ultimately, two years that I was sick. So freshman and sophomore year of college looked a lot different for me than uh, probably most most guys. Uh, and, yeah, I woke up junior year and just was like, whoa, Uh I've got to, A, get through school because my mom was telling me, you've got four years and that's how it's going to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually have a social life, make friends, do the thing. But um, yeah, that's really the jumping off point. And that's actually the catalyst for so much of what has become dotted now. So wow. um, that's where we'll start. So West Nile,
2: my dad had West Nile. No kidding. Yeah. And so this is something that I, I've i seen personally. Yeah. And my dad got it in his late 50s. Sure. Early 60s. and. This thing knocks you out. It's energy killer. Strength killer. Yeah. I mean it and it it was scary, man. My, and it, it doesn't go away. There's no cure and it just you have to let it let it like basically live its life. It's got to get through your body. It took my yeah. dad 2 years. Yeah. Wow. And he was just beat to crap yeah. all day every day. He got a mosquito bite in Prescott, Arizona, like to, an hour north of where he lives in Scottsdale. Yeah. And just so when I when I heard that um, it gave me flashbacks. This is probably the, almost similar timing that you that you got it. And it's dude, it's just you just feel helpless. But and we were trying yeah, everybody trying to, to help him. We were all trying to help him. And sure. just nothing you could do. You just kind of hope and pray. And sometimes it doesn't go away for longer than that. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, in yeah. the back of our mind, we're like, shoot, you were going to pass it because your youth and you were strong. Correct. But. I mean, you did was, you lose a ton bad. of weight? My dad lost yeah, a ton so, of weight.
0: So August of August twentieth of twelve, I was at my playing weight. So I was somewhere averaging between like one seventy eight to one eighty five, depending on depending ast- on the ast- day. That's so funny. Athletes yeah. are, are they know like they're they're exact- <laughs> oh, yeah, <I> exactly <laughs> where I was. Um, <laughs> <so> ridiculous. <laughs> By Thanksgiving, I was one thirty three. Oh my gosh. One thirty three eating Damn. three meals a day.
1: And yeah. you were running a five thirty mile. I was right? running a
0: five thirty mile. <laughs> like I Damn. I was one thirty three.
1: God. Yeah. Well, Kyle, I want to ask you this: going through that experience, what was your outlook on life? Because I know you hit it a little bit, but I want to—I want to just get deeper in. Sure. That.
0: So, gosh, coming into school, you're thinking, "Gosh, D1 athlete, I've made it. Like I have done the thing. I grew up wanting to do sure this. Identity. I've accomplished an a dream. I have an identity that's rooted in whatever I'm doing. Um, and that just—I mean, you stripped.
2: Yeah.
0: Like you're just—I don't know. You're just left kind of emotionally naked um, where you don't have anything to really come back to, uh, your high school buddies are doing whatever they're doing out at college in different places. You don't have the, uh, relational community that you once had. You don't have that sports community you once have. And so you're, you're in this place where it's really awkward and because you're trying to grasp for things. And I think for me, I was really angry. I was mad. I was frustrated. I did not, that's not how I envisioned the first two years of college going, um, and especially the first few months. It, it was such a whirlwind of doctors, and maybe you'll get better, and maybe you won't, and maybe you'll be paralyzed, and maybe you won't. Because Matt was saying, like, the virus just has to progress out of your body, and mm-hmm. so it's not a like, hey, you can go control it, go take this medication. It's not how that works. And so, yeah, I was frustrated, um, but I had some, I had some men in my life. My dad and my my mom were uh, obviously very influential in this, but. Uh, I ultimately had some men in my life at SMU that that really circled me and encouraged me, edified me, uh, grew me, and also just asked me to call me to more. Um, and it was more than just what I had worked for at tennis; it was more of a heart posture than it was anything else.
1: Because mm, I and the reason why I asked that question is because I went through something similar. Yeah. right. My dreams were crushed. Yeah, concussion, career-ending injury, and after that, man, I had a decision to make: either do I sit there and moan and complain about my life? Or do I go do something about it? Yeah. Right? And, and I feel like you had that moment to where you either, you could either sit there and be, oh, my life was taken from me. My two years, I was supposed to be in college playing yeah, this. Yeah. I was supposed to live the life. But guess what? Things didn't happen that way. No. But what am I going to do now? What am I going to do about it?
0: Yeah. Humility is a really interesting word because humility happens when you actually come to the end of yourself in so many ways. And I've, it's funny, I've I've had a lot of conversations with friends about this, like, you either seek humility or you get humbled. It's one of the two. Life doesn't offer you a third option. It's how it works. And you either seek it or like, hey, I'm, I'm going to move outside of myself. I'm going to calm my ish down mm-hmm. and I'm going to seek humility. Or in my view, the Lord's going to give you humility and that's it. And there's really no third because that's just not how life works. Things happen. Real world kind of sucks. Uh, People kind of suck. Come on. Um, And it's just one of those things where you have to go in and you have to re-take a look in the mirror and be like, hey, it's not about me. It's about something else. And, uh, yeah, that's where it's at. Something bigger than you, huh? Always. Who
2: was the men? You said there were men in your life outside of parents. Were those coaches, friends? Who, When you could go left or right, who who helped you in that decision?
0: Yeah, so there were some guys uh, at SMU that – I got to know that really were just biblical community in my life for the first time ever. Um, I didn't have that back in high school or middle school. And so um, there were some, honestly, my age, like these weren't like older, wiser, 50-year-old men that are just coming around speaking scripture into my life. These are, these are friends, and they were just encouraging. They were telling me, keep moving, keep going, keep doing, keep growing, keep learning, Um, And there's actually a guy that I actually started. So two years in, I actually started rehitting tennis balls again. Um, And we could only play for about 15 minutes at a time because my body was so weak. So this is, you have to imagine, I used to play six hours a day outside, 110 degree weather. And I have to play inside because I can't play outside. So I'm playing inside for 15 minutes. And that chasm, um, you know, was just, A, it was humbling. But B, there was a guy who just was like, hey, we'll take it 15 minutes at a time. Do you think without that experience
1: going through West Nile, do you think you'd be here today? No. Wow. You don't think dot it would have been no. anything?
0: Not a question. Well let's, let's Well because you gotta build a company yeah. fifteen minutes at a
2: time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> come yeah. On. Come you on. literally That's do.
1: a great analogy, Matt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every 15 minutes is different.
2: <laughs> it is. No, so let's let's talk about the first couple fifteen minute sets yeah. of the of oh the company. Where did the idea come from? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's just so funny. So I actually wanted to go to law school. My dad was a former bank attorney and uh, I did not get the science genes in my family. So my mom uh, was not going to have another doctor in me. So um, <laughs> I also don't think I really got the academic genes in my family. So that's uh, a lie. That's I, a lie. <laughs> I, I wanted to yeah. humility. Yeah. <laughs> so senior year of senior year of college, I was just I was trying to look for like, hey, how do I get my feet wet intro job keeping in Dallas? Obviously, I need to stay here for health reasons. Just I was still being monitored in a lot of ways uh, by doctors and by uh, my parents. And so. Uh, decide not to go to law school, um, and what do you do when you're 22 in Dallas? Commercial. Uh, you know, real commercial- estate. <laughs> 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 Dude, it's uncanny. Yeah, that's yeah, what you do. Bro, literally. <laughs> um, and I was I was so naive. I knew nothing. Um, I hadn't had no internships in commercial real estate. Yeah. I couldn't even hardly spell commercial real estate. Um, but I started interviewing. This is fall of senior year, and then there was some. Honestly, the Lord then like dropped in another bucket of guys into my life. Man. Um, and as I started interviewing, you know, you kind of do the like coffee rounds, you meet three people who then introduce you to three people and there's three more and this like this, like Webs out. to the power of three something. Um, and yeah, uh, I kept asking the same questions in all of those coffees and those questions were not about like, Hey, how do I get a job? It was more about, Hey, how, how do I separate myself if I'm going to be in this space? Oof, because I, like I didn't want to go into the job and just be like. Everybody else, whatever that meant, that was not that. That wasn't my history. I wasn't like everybody else, and I think the illness was actually the first part of that. And and so in those interview processes, I was like, "What do you not like about your job? What sucks? What do you hate? What would you change?" And ultimately, that led me to really talking about you know commercial lease transaction inefficiency, which lots of words, but uh, ultimately that inefficiency led to the idea for dotted.
1: Mm. When you when you when you are saying that, right? The thing I was thinking of is just. Competition, competing. Were you were you earning for that competition again that you had during play, when you had during playing tennis?
0: One hundred percent because I had no background. I had no resume that was going to enable me. And I didn't have a family name that was going to enable me. My parents were in service industry businesses. Dad was a lawyer. My mom's an OB/GYN. They help people every day. Yes. We didn't. I wasn't at DCC. I wasn't at Brook Hollow. I wasn't at Lakewood. <laughs> I wasn't doing the things. I didn't go to Highland Park. I wasn't in the I wasn't in the club. And that's not the meaning of the club. It's just I wasn't in it. No handouts. And so yeah. it wasn't going to be given to me. Yeah. Great. And more power to the people that are in it. Hey. I'm just but, jealous. I always say that. <laughs> yes. I'm, not, I'm never
2: actually mad. I'm not just jealous. Bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just like. <laughs> no, I'm just happy for you.
0: Yeah, happy for you. <laughs> Great. Go do it. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I think for, for how I looked at the world, yes, yes, it was part of that competition. I wanted to be. I didn't want to like walk in in mediocrity. I wanted to walk in in a on a footing that had strong foundation that was stable and that I could really propel my, propel myself forward. Me, I, I
2: think it. there's just, there's just self awareness there too because it's so easy to just jump into a career and say I'm going to get a couple years of experience and then and then figure figure it out. That's what's unique about your story yeah. is you he did it <laughs> well from the beginning. You you didn't go get a couple years of experience mm-hmm. in commercial real estate, no. You just listened a lot, yeah. poked a lot, and then, okay, now you gathered all of this data in your head, right? Mm-hmm. You figured out there's efficiencies, but you had no practical experience doing it. So how do you then design a tool, yeah, a product like Dotted, to address what you have heard sure, but not felt mm-hmm. from an inefficiency perspective? I'm sure there is a lot there, yeah. but help me understand that. Did you go find somebody that could help you that, that was more seasoned, for lack of a better way to put it? Google. It's <laughs> this. Is, um, this is the yeah. the answers I want. Yeah, no, no, no.
0: So, um, basically, June of sixteen, I was going to, I was actually, I don't know, being recruited, whatever they do in commercial real estate, to kind of go be a junior leasing analyst and make no money. And you're actually on a draw, so you're actually losing money. Um, and it was like either that option or go chase this idea. And um, actually made a phone call to a guy who actually is now a current uh, investor of ours. And I was like, hey, I've got this idea, and he said, Go do it. And so, um, yeah, I turned down the other offer and um, went and did it. Now, to your question, what does doing it mean? That meant two years of trying to figure it out, and these I don't know years of two in my life seem to be repetitive. Um, but basically, I I didn't have experience doing leasing. I didn't have experience managing buildings, so I had to learn. So I read everything I could uh, online. Just got sample leases from folks met with folks. I had 300 meetings in the first two years of Dotted. Just taking people to coffee, figuring it out, obviously just (laughs) cashed out my savings, moved home. I actually really kind of took a backseat on my social life because it was so important to go figure out, hey, if I'm going to start something and ultimately raise money off of it, no one's going to write me a check over nothing. Uh, So I got to make it compelling to write a check about. And ultimately, Those really it was twenty six months. It was June of sixteen to August of eighteen. We closed our first round of funding off of really a napkin. Uh, We had we had a binded business plan Mm -hmm. uh, and a fake pro forma because pro formas are pro formas. uh, And we raised eight hundred fifty thousand dollars from six people.
1: Wow, wow, yeah, bro. So okay, so wait, do y'all hear this audience out there? He went out there, had an idea, and didn't just say, "Oh, I'm gonna just keep that idea on the back burner." He went out there and applied his knowledge.
2: And- I mean what I'm what I'm hearing is yes relentless steps to get educated but it's also two years without a positive well let me let me back this up the 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 investment was almost this stamp of approval correct w- tell me about the little steps in the 18 months that were I'm sure there were a couple achilles knife to the achilles oh, yeah. where you feel like you were disabled but I'm sure there were a couple little things that were like okay this this has some there's something here you're talking about leading up to funding yeah yes, because yes, there's yes. that's a probably t- probably some very dark times in the 18 months of god I should just go take a corporate job and just just bag this idea and it, even
1: the ego of saying I guess I'm just yeah. going to go back home
0: Anytime 90% of people tell you you're wrong you're probably right just plain and simple when 90% of folks are like You'll never do it. You'll never raise the money. You won't build the product. You won't have the team. You won't sell it to somebody. No one will buy it. No one will use it. No one will do all of those things, which is what I heard for two years. I was like, "This is why there's an opportunity. Yes. This is it. Like this, there's nothing past <laughs> this. Like if it, if <laughs> it was not like that, then everybody else would have done it.
2: <laughs> like I'm laughing because it's so good. I mean, it's so good. It,
0: well, on. and I mean, I had people like at the top, like people that experts very seasoned who have made tens of millions of dollars tell me you will never raise money. You'll never build a product. Ooh. And I think what's been great about this history with dotted is mm. as we fast forward ultimately today, and I know we'll get into that in a second, but as we fast forward today, it's, it's this idea of like the never, the never cans ultimately become the greatest opportunities to go prove and not just to like <laughs> prove people wrong. I don't necessarily believe just in that, but I think it's, it's proving people to be, Hey, Hey, there's a better way to do this, and we can go do it. Mm-hmm. We want to solve a problem. I, I have this big thesis around disruption versus optimization. In commercial real estate, commercial real estate folks never like to be disrupted. It's an old guard industry with a bunch of the same folks at the top that it's been for decades. Mm-hmm. So disruption for them is actually, it puts up a wall. That's, that's a barrier there. I actually want to go optimize what you already do. I have no need for disruption, but I do want to create the synergies, the efficiencies that lead to optimization for you. Cool. So,
1: bro. Okay, so then let's lead us into where what is dotted. Yeah. Where where is it today? Mm-hmm. And where do you want to go?
0: Cool. Uh, so dotted is an asset operating platform. So we believe in four core pillars of asset and portfolio management: so leasing, debt, capex, and valuation. And we've built our product to that end. So we sell into office, industrial and retail owners, the groups on the equity side. So not debt, not lending, not multifamily, not hotels, et cetera. Uh, But the groups on the equity side that own the assets, we sell to them. And then uh, we really see our main catalyst user as being the asset and portfolio management teams. Uh, So those personas typically in, in commercial estate, they're the financial fiduciary. Of a building, So they're in charge of, you know, our tenants leasing it. What's going on from a capital projects perspective? Like they're the overseer. And frankly, they've actually been the one who's been left out of the technology game in the last decade. Mm -hmm. And so we're really for the first time building a product for that catalyst persona, which then has secondary personas around leasing and property management, construction management, legal, et cetera. Um, But that's what Dotted is. And Dotted is, Dotted, its core is a workflow tool. Uh, but now it's actually become so much more. It's become a a, a reporting platform. It's become a workflow tool. It's become an asset optimization platform. Like different users, different companies, different clients see it differently. And, and I think where we want to go is ultimately we want to be the centerpiece for how office, industrial, and retail owners operate their buildings. I love you. That's what we want.
2: Mm. Okay, so you started as a workflow tool. Yeah. How much feedback are you guys actively getting from your customers to to create? reports to different modules different enhancements and how do you prioritize that and i know you've got to listen and everybody yeah. has an opinion oh, and yeah. this is a tough question but
0: <laughs> yeah uh everybody in commercial real estate has an opinion and i don't think a lot of people have been wrong um at least in their own minds um and so i think what's great is everyone's unique flow on how they do their business is just so different from one customer to another if you own if you own call it Big shopping center type retail mm-hmm. your business going to be way different than a manufacturing owner of you know industrial assets Facts. so you're going to see the world differently and so our product has to be a chameleon in certain senses to uh the user persona and also the use case of that asset type and asset class uh class b infill industrial is way different than class double a you know trophy asset office and so anyway back to that word chameleon i think that's where we have to do a really good job of just listening. Just listen. Mm-hmm. We should be great at asking questions. Oof. In our in our business, we talk about in our team meetings, we're never right. We don't want to be. Our customers should be. Um, because we're just trying to build a tool that the customer is going to be enabled by. Uh, it doesn't mean that we need to go put our stamp of approval on like, oh, we were right on this. No, that's never how it should work. Our product team, I think, does an exceptional job. Uh, and just enabling the user to be heard. Uh, and, and I think our, it's funny, our head of, uh, design and brand, we were talking about this last week. Uh, we want to lead out with empathy. We think that in the commercial estate space, products have been built to go make a quick dollar. We want to lead out with a product that symbolizes empathy to the user. Mm. Um, and that's how we're trying to do it.
1: Well, in, in the course of building this company, what were some of the biggest struggles or, or hurdles you had to overcome?
2: Um, we only have 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so give us only the biggest ones. <laughs> you asked that too broad, bro. No, you're
0: good. You're good. Um, first raising the first round of, uh, of capital. Mm. Obviously, just when you got nothing, you got nothing to show for it. Yeah. What are what's someone investing in? I think that was the mm. first question we had. It literally. Come on. Um, that's the first question you had to answer, and you have to personally wrestle with that. Uh, I actually remember waking up after we raised our first round of capital, and there was about a three month period post in that call fall of 18 time frame where I was really hesitant. I didn't know. I mean, I was like, why is there all this money in the bank? We should return this. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> Imposter syndrome. It, it, is. it is. Oh, a my gosh. A like, lot. Yeah. You're like, I don't know how to build a product. How do you go hire people? Do you outsource this? Do you bring in-house? Do you, what do you do? Um, so there was no manual on that. And I think uh, five years past that time frame in my life, uh, the Lord's been really gracious to just plot people in, the process and and along the journey to just be an edification on hey you're doing the right thing you're doing the right thing the other hard things uh covid oh yeah that's yeah a big decisions during that especially time, when huh?
2: you're at an inflection point in your business right? massive
0: inflection Literally. point i think for us it was like okay we built a call it a beta alpha type product but we were not ready for market yet and we had six or seven people on the team february of 20 and you know then the whole world changes and you're like. Okay. And especially in commercial real estate, it's been so much more, I think if you read the news, it's been so much more felt from an office perspective. Yeah. Um and so we had to navigate that. And then ultimately a year later, we really came to market. But I I chose to hit the gas during COVID. Come I chose on. to hire. Love
1: this. Yeah. I chose
0: to I chose to like, let's go. I'm not gonna <laughs> sit on our capital. I'm gonna go utilize. Somebody's our gonna win. Yeah. Somebody's gonna win. And warehouses. Yeah. Et cetera. And guess what? It may not also be us. I'm not entitled to an outcome. Yeah. But I'm entitled to Going through the steps of the process in a very clear and very scripted way that enables me to ultimately see an outcome,
1: bro. During COVID, what so made good. you what made you stay on the gas pedal? Because I know a lot of people, <laughs> like me and Matt, I always talk about they uh This year is written off. It's done.
2: We don't know what we don't know what's gonna happen. It's probably probably eighteen months of somebody saying you won't do it.
0: Yeah. Oh, it Ooh, was that chip. Oh huh? yeah. was it no. that chip? So it's funny. Our lead investor <laughs> has been someone who's just been like, go, go, burn money do it, run, make decisions, never taken a posture of, of kind of concealed inward looking, uh, Hey, mm-hmm. we should be cautious, never taking that posture. And so I really felt, uh, and actually it's funny. I remember the day, uh, back in April of 20, we had a, an investor meeting, all of our investors, all of our team, et cetera. And I basically presented them with these two options. I said, we can sit on the money and the six or eight people we have now, or we can press the gas and we can go build a product that we want to have. Um, and for me, it was the product we want to have because we didn't raise money to go sit on it so um that's how I saw the world and that's what we moved now again, so many things have to go you know kind of your way to make to make this conversation happen three years yes. later uh, but we're really grateful that those things have gone our way in a lot of ways and you have to understand in our market our market segment is not cluttered there's only one other group and we have only we have Product functionality over overlap on the leasing side, but they had not had product competition since 2016, and so they're a billion five billion seven incumbent. And I'm like little old me down in Dallas. I mean, I'm a gnat in their conference room, just kind of flying around. <laughs> and I think, well, for me, it was like I'm not going to go have a seat at the table if I don't press the gas. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep going, and we're going to keep going, and that's still the attitude today. Is yeah, we're not sitting
2: at don't, don't all. Don't change that. No, talk to me about talent attraction, talent retention. Yeah. You go from six, seven employees and twenty, sure, forty plus today. Yeah. how does how, how are you how are you attracting the talent? And how are you keeping them?
0: Yeah, uh, we can have a a really vulnerable conversation here, which Please. I think would be good. Please. Um, so it's it's hard. People are hard. Uh, leading people is hard, and work in an unknown kind of new to market type of product, new to market type of company is also hard. So I don't I don't envy necessarily our employees either. Um, we're kind of making it up as we go because that's how startups work. Um it's not, this isn't Johnson and Johnson, this isn't Home Depot, this isn't Chick-fil-A, this isn't been baked in for decades. And so um for us, when we just started hiring, we were looking for you know what we thought we needed at the time. It's the ultimate like startup phrase. It's hey, this six months I need this, but that may change the next six months. Um And honestly, 2022 was a time of incredible turnover. Uh, It was a hard time. Half of our leadership team came in and out, uh, either through being fired or being let go or leaving or whatever. And and that also led to some significant turnover underneath those people. But what it came down to was vision for the business. I Um, I was hoping you would go here. Vision for the business. Frankly, it had to change. COVID, and I won't get too technical in commercial real estate, but What COVID did is 2019, you had some of the most incredible leasing volumes from an office perspective uh, that the U.S. had seen since the GFC, so since the global financial crisis. Um, And what changed is all of that leasing volume just like (laughs) went down. Uh, Obviously, you know, return to work, people being in the office, all the things, work from home became all the great headlines for a number of years. Uh, And so for our business, it it was something we had to We had to not just react to, but we then had to chart the future of it. And we really made a shift from just being a leasing tool into being an asset management operating platform. Mm -hmm. Um, At the beginning of 22, I actually remember the day it was January 26th, we had a meeting. It was our four executives at the time. uh, And I said, We're going to go build an asset management platform, which was a massive shift. I mean, that's not, frankly, it's actually not what we had raised money on. (laughs) Like, truly. Um, We built a leasing tool, but There was always had been this larger vision of if you do leasing, you can do everything else because leasing is just part of the whole. Um, And so that led to all sorts of things happening in 2022, especially the first six to eight months of the year. But by the end of last year, uh, we started seeing uh, what we wanted to see from a product perspective and a usership perspective. Uh, And then that has just that's been up and to the right this year. Um, commercial estate still slow. Uh, people are still slow to make decisions. Budgets are tight. It doesn't mean that our industry is just like rip roaring uh, ready and, and wanting to spend money on prop tech necessarily. Uh, but it does mean that we've put ourselves in a position where we can go win. And that's as my role as CEO, that's all I can do for our business. Come on. I can't do anything else.
2: I I love that because Ajay and I talk about this all the time. If you're starting something, your your job is to not dedicate yourself to one vision. Your job is to have a vision. Mm -hmm. You have to as the CEO Mm -hmm. and founder of a company. That's how you attract talent. But you can also change that vision. Totally. And you also need to be willing to change that vision. But you have to have a firm and enough confidence to say, okay, Stuff has changed. Yeah. 2018, we wanted to do this. The world has changed. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go here. I've done the research, and this is the direction that we're gonna go.
0: Yeah.
1: I love that,
2: Kyle. How do you, how do you build the culture
1: around Dottie, and what type of culture is that?
0: Our people build the culture. Um, I think for us, uh, Habakkuk 2:2 is is the verse that I go back to and have gone back to for years. Which is, you know, it's pretty simple. You write write your vision, playing on tablets, so those those who see it may run. Um, we put hmm. our vision mission and purpose up on the wall yes and those who see it may run. Do, but do you live it though? Because you know they,
1: they always look at you as yeah, a leader to totally Um uh,
0: uh, it would I would be a fool to sit up here and say it's perfect. It's not um, yeah. And I think what we are we're always in a process of refinement and I think our people are in a process of refinement learning, growing, stewarding these are things that we talk about, but it looks different. Working with people is hard. I've got a lot of different personalities on our leadership team, which is great because guess what? The parts form the whole. I need them to be different. I don't need seven Kyle sitting around the table, um, and I don't need 43 Kyle sitting in our office. Um, I need people to bring their own experience, their own own life and history and what they do well because I've had many of these conversations where people, like, they're way better at what they do than I would ever be. So that, in a lot of ways— Yes. Do we need to go write it on the on the on the walls? Absolutely. Do we need to go have the hard conversations? Absolutely. Like people it, in a business, it's relationships. People mm-hmm. should be mad. You should be wrong. Right. You should yes. own when you're wrong, um, and you should also be also be celebrated when you're right. And um, I just I don't know. I think we encourage that with our people. Um, how people take that and steward that, I can't control. That's an individual decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hopeful and prayerful that we set up uh, our people to hopefully go win each day. I
2: love well, it. One, one comment, one question. The comment, I love that you've mentioned winning multiple times yes. on the podcast today. I, I don't think people address that enough, Come especially on, no, yeah. founders. Come on. This is a, you either win or you lose. Right. And so uh, you need to educate the company on how the company makes money. And you yes. know how we do? We win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every day. And if we win, we all win. Yep. <laughs> Second comment. Uh talk to me about transparency yeah. in the business cuz sure. I can tell you're pretty direct. That's mm-hmm. the way I like to run mm-hmm. the business I'm in. Sure. And I think that it it was refreshing for a lot of people. It it comes with a lot of difficult conversations. Yeah. Again, how do we make money? Sometimes that's difficult. Uh-huh. It sounds like you do this.
0: Yeah, so I what, what I've actually had to learn is I can't do this with everybody. Um like I can't have all these conversations with all of our 40 plus employees. It just individually in 30 Indi- minutes. Yeah. That's what I've realized. <laughs> it's it's exhausting. A,
2: it's exhausting. And then it's
0: telephone. Right. And, and it's, he said, she said, and I said, maybe. And Did you talk right. to Kyle? I talked to him. It, what did you say to you? He, yeah. So that circle has had to get smaller, which is a growth point for me. Uh, I've been imperfect at, as that circle has gotten smaller, I've been imperfect at adjusting to that. Um, But with the people that, you know, are, I've surrounded myself with to go win and to learn, um there's a lot of hard conversations i had some this past week and um, you just have to have them and you have to go be better mm-hmm. for them the the big thing is you can't take it personally it's not a if i'm in the office or if someone's saying it to me it's not a personal reflection on our one-on-one human-to-human relationship it's a business. Come on. Businesses only succeed if they make money. And if they don't make money, they're out of business. Thank it's you. how it this works.
2: It's a for-profit shop. Yes. Literally.
0: And guess what? That may mean we're out of business. If we don't make money. If we don't have customers, if we don't grow the business, we're done. Mm-hmm. Cool. It was a fun ride. And that's, that's how life works. Like, and I think that that's where um, we've been incredibly blessed to be anchored by very strong growth-minded investors. So that's helpful. Um, and I think that's all. frankly been, you know, a huge part of us being able to weather a storm last two or three years. But it's a it's a thing where leadership has to go and, and do, you know, the hard things well yeah. to go grow the business.
1: How is it like, man? I, and I want to get a vulnerable in this question, because there's people out there that are listening that are wanting to be in your shoes or wanting to be in your shoes. And not necessarily in our shoes, but in a CEO role, in a founder role. Yeah. How is it like, man, firing your first employee? hard
0: yeah very hard man
1: especially from our background our faith background it's like yeah you know what i mean it's like we (laughs) love you but
0: (laughs) yeah and i think it's just like it's one of these things where you just you know growing up i don't know for me growing up and having hard conversations was not always like what i was used to Mm -hmm. i think grew up in a very privileged uh upbringing you know had the things was good at tennis didn't really deal with like Gosh, I have to go handle this and deal with this and make it my own. And, you know, you get things handed to you, so you get used to comfort. Um, And hard conversations are uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. so things that take you out of comfort are also growing, uh, but they're uncomfortable. And so um, it's just, it's how life works. And what's also neat is, in a lot of ways, that opportunity may not have worked for that person at the time Mm -hmm. in this spot, but maybe another opportunity is better. Come on. To use their giftedness. Well, they could also come back to Dotted. We've Mm -hmm. had that. Right. Wow. <laughs> we have had that. We had a guy or guy who runs our brand of design. Um, he left and came back. He left for five months and came back. Now, he learned things in those five months. Go do it. Mm-hmm. I'm in like you're going to be better for it mm-hmm. because you took those five months.
1: I think for me, I had to realize that I was blocking somebody else's potential. And I was kind of, yeah. if I kept them, I was silver spooning them and and not allowing them to yeah. live who they were called to be. Yeah. And I would have to live with that. So that was, that, that was a hard point for me, bro.
0: Yeah. One last final thing on this. One of my best friends was our first hire, was an executive, and was our chief product officer. And um, he left March of 22. Mm. It was crushing to me. Yeah. But guess what? He's grown because of it. We've, in so many so many ways, reconciled and grown from it mm-hmm. in our relationship that it's great. We talk. We text. We hang out. He's coming on my 30th birthday trip. Hey. Like, I mean, li- it, life moves on. Mm-hmm. But he's grown. Mm-hmm. He's a better person for it. And so am I.
1: And I think you're on something big, too, just never leave yeah. on bad terms because you never know when it comes full circle.
0: Yeah, and I... I I think only you can own your part. Yes, exactly. You you're not responsible for owning someone else's part. How they act, yep. That's just not it's not your world. Mm-hmm. You don't have to you never want to assume the negative. You want to assume the positive. And if you can grow in the positive, great. But don't assume the negative and and let other people own what they've got to own. Man, so good. Did you did you turn
2: down any particular investors? Based oh, on based on fit. <laughs> We did. I think that's important to talk about.
0: I, I think for me without uh, names. Yeah. Without <laughs> names. Uh, or companies. I think, I think we w- talked about not burning bridges. <laughs> yeah. Just a second ago. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> what we've turned down has really been more of how people see the world than it is the money.
1: Oh, come on, Kyle. The Hit term this, the boy.
0: terms and the money. Gosh, we're about to go somewhere. Come um, on, Kyle. Come on. Oh, that's it's the we who, need, not the what. Yes. Always it's so lead investor and I have this conversation. He's taught me this. There's a big difference between blue money and green money. Tell us. Green money is money, capital, cash, whatever. It's it's equity. Great. That's typically pretty easy to find. Someone's typically going to be transaction. willing, yeah, willing to give you green money. Blue money is everything that surrounds that green money. It's the time. It's the efficiency. It's what people believe. It's how they act. It's who they are. It's what they steward. It's how they engage. It's how they work. It's all those things mm. And blue money is a lot harder because uh, typically you can't take blue money and and take it back. Ugh. That's just not how it works. And so yeah, for us, like if people are not aligned from a values and a vision perspective, we don't want them investors and dotted.
2: That's exactly where I was going to go when I asked the talent retention hmm. part and talent attraction is you have to hire, fire, yeah. and let people go based on those values and sure. mission. Yeah, you have to. It's just it's, it's also a way, it's also a tiebreaker vote. If you don't live that, we're not going to scale together yep. and we can't, we just can't go there. And I can, unfortunately, I can probably find somebody with the same talent on paper. It's all the wraparound stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yes. the culture carrier. It's, yeah. it's the multiplier. I like, love that. You're going to make people better around you. That's what I'm looking for. Right.
1: Kyle, we, we see a, a lot of people. Oh, not a lot of people, but some, okay. How do you identify somebody in your company that isn't aligned with the mission, isn't aligned with the values? What do you do to address that?
0: They typically first find themselves out. I was about to say. I'm about to say this is is big business.
2: here. that's why you have to
0: hire and and move move people based on those as they figure it out. Your culture should find those people out. Yes, like that's what should work because, hey, I don't want to be and our executive team and leadership team they don't want to be rooting around to try and figure those people out. We Mm -hmm. got other things to do. Come on, again, like it time and time and treasure matter, and so (laughs) you have to go utilize it. Mm But I think from a cultural perspective, yes, those people find themselves out because they find themselves to be inconsistent with what everybody else believes. Yes, Kyle.
1: That's a
0: culture. So good. That's (laughs) – and guess what? That's also hard. Like that's a hard like – dang it. Like you're six months in. You're 12 months in, et cetera, and and you've – you're just outside of alignment. And that's okay. Mm. There's other places you can go be aligned. And it's it, so many things. It could be work ethic. It could be work product. It could be communication style. It could be, do you agree with the vision of the company or not? Like, I, I don't know. There's so many areas where you can find yourself outside of alignment. And what you, you want to do to address is, A, you want to have a conversation. You want to see where are we misaligned and why. Um, And then you want to seek alignment. Um, like I've had conversations with te- people on our leadership team where we were out of alignment. Great. We had to go – Re, get around the table, have hard conversations, have the discussion and figure out where can we seek unity? Um, but yeah, your culture should find that out.
1: Love it, Kyle. Love it.
0: What do you do personally? That's a great question.
1: You know, because like what do you do to to make sure that Kyle is doing good? Because I feel like, you know, because we could us as entrepreneurs, us as business sure. owners, we could be so stuck in our business mm-hmm. that we forget about it's us that makes the business.
0: Yeah, so... uh Gosh, um, I'll take you to the like tactical, tangible things first, and then I'll take you to the intangible, uh, less tactical things. So, um, places where I like to get away, I like to get into the mountains. I like to be in God's creation. I like to see nature. I like to see the flowers and the birds and all the things. So, uh, I like, I enjoy traveling. Traveling for me is a, a spot of removal, uh, from where I am. It's, I, I physically need to go somewhere else to start rejuvenating. Um, so that's a very tactical thing. I play a lot of tennis outside of work. That's another tactical thing. I feel like the Lord's given me that ability to play again, which is really gracious. Um, and so I want to take that humble opportunity to go do that. Um, some of the more like meaningful, emotional things are surrounding yourself with, with great community. Um, being involved in a church, understanding God's word, and having men push you uh, to be the best version of who God's created you to be. Uh, not necessarily who you desire to be because I th- think those two things can be often in competition and but who's got who God has created you to be has been really just a gosh it's been a buffer for me uh to keep me sane and stable um it's funny one of the team members actually told me like a month ago he was like if I was in your position I'd be I'd be having a therapist every week and I was like <laughs> sometimes you really need it like it's not it's not bad but it's also like my therapist, in quotes, is is are my people. Mm-hmm. Um, those people should should recognize if I'm if I'm out of alignment, if I'm not in unity, um, and they should be calling it out because mm-hmm. that's how you grow.
2: Notice how he calls them team members, yeah, and not employees,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's yeah. leadership.
1: Yeah. Love it, bro. Love you. Where is the vision? Okay, so where do you ultimately see Dotted going?
0: Yeah, so we want to be the operating platform for every office retail and industrial building in the entire world so we want we want the owners of those those spaces i'll use the plural mm-hmm. uh, we want the owners of those spaces to be enabled by dotted to go make better decisions understand uh their financial performance their their tenant performance and ultimately be able to to take good assets and make them great and um, because great assets ultimately sell for higher multiples and those owners win
1: amen amen that's where want to go in the back door man
2: no,
0: no, not not right now. <laughs> yeah, bro. Just, no, this is, is. I mean, it's good. Yeah, Kyle, it's
1: really bro. It's good just stuff. so much. It's we're just so thankful to have you here, bro. Let's top it off with this, man. Faith. I know you are a huge faith person because mm-hmm. I am too. And We talked about that in college. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm I'm also super blessed to have you in my life, bro. How has God impacted your life? From literally wow. from from it all from yeah. West Nile sure, 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 to sure. Dotted
0: Um. So we started. Back at the beginning of the pod around, um, you know, am I going to sit here if if West Nile didn't happen? No. The answer is no, because um, I'm not God, and so I don't want to be foretelling of my own future uh, from a decade ago. Um, I think for me, it's it's just been a constant process of refinement, and refinement is hard. Um, There's some goodness. There's some great content uh, in some worship songs, Maverick City. Uh, shout out, Maverick City, not an ad, uh, <laughs> but shout out, Maverick City. Uh, there's a song that they have called Refiner. And that song is a, like, yeah, I should be, it's a pruning process. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to look less like me and more like Jesus every day. And that's that's hard to do uh, because in sin, we desire the things that seek our own comfort and welfare um, and the Lord's been really gracious to provide guys in my life that are just ask questions, make things um, make things a little bit more challenging, push me. Um, but I think also like I would be so remiss, honestly, uh, if I did not address this. Back in COVID, uh, there's, I think in my Instagram bio, it's like the I say the best thing I do is lead young life. That's actually true because back in COVID, uh, April of 20, obviously as the world was changing, and the Lord put it on my heart to go start making our young life Bible study look different. Yeah, and uh, had a group of guys that at the time were sophomores at St. Mark's uh, School, Texas, and, and we went from ultimately, you know, everything shut down. So previously, before COVID, we were meeting at like 7 a.m. on Thursday morning. No 15, 16-year-old wants to meet at 7 a.m. on Thursday morning at Corner Bakery. That's just not how it works. And hear about Jesus. And so what we did in COVID, and I don't know if this was legal or right or Young Life, don't come after me or whatever, <laughs> all the disclaimers. But um, what we did is we actually started meeting at my parents' house at 5.30 on Monday evenings out in the backyard. So April through September, and you're just – S- sweltering <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just like <laughs> upper back Jesus sweat. Na- yeah, it's just like a <laughs> nasty, uh nasty mix of just yeah. you're just super hot and sweaty. But um I made the deal with the kids. I was like, I'll buy the food, you show up. And so that group grew from eight kids to ten kids to thirteen kids. Wow. Um and that has continued. That's and the cool. Lord has used that as a thing for me. Like, yeah, the kids, I'm sure, hopefully learned something. But I learned so much more about who Jesus is through that and through that that expression of being outside of my comfort. I had never led a group of 12, 15-year-olds through Romans or Ephesians or the Gospel of Matthew Mm. and, like, asked hard questions and sat in silence and been told no and been like, I, I don't know, I think we had one kid one time, he was, like, I think we were going through, like, Ephesians or Corinthians, and he was out on the grass, like, taking our grass apart and building forts out of sticks and grass. And it's just like, okay, I got to lead the rest of the kids through this. And he's, maybe seeds are being planted. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But what's happened is that group graduated 2022, super close with them. Uh, Some of those guys have come to know Jesus and are are walking in fruit, which is awesome. But now I've had the privilege. I did this past year, seniors, and I've got these uh, rising juniors. And so it truly is the best thing I do. It is the most grounding part of my week bro
1: we talk about this all the time on the podcast just like when we ask somebody what they really love to do yeah and you could see your whole physiology change yeah, like yeah. Well, you just light up bro yeah. it's like you just have god's light on you because
0: well, <laughs> it's eternal yes like yes. dotted dotted could end tomorrow and guess what i'm really no better or worse if it ends tomorrow sure does my financial future potentially look different do the relationships potentially look different do a lot of things potentially look different as a day-to-day absolutely on uh, sure but from an eternal perspective, I'm way more concerned about, hey, what does that look like? Because I'm not the author of that. And if I'm not the author of that, I want to be a conduit to plant seeds to the person who is the author of that. Um, and that's where um, the Young Life situation is just such a big deal.
1: Were you were you nervous about bringing God in, at the forefront of your company? Yeah. Really? Walk us through
0: that. I, I think there's a healthy nervousness. Yeah. Because I think you... I don't know. Uh, when I made that decision, gosh, back when we first got funding, um, I mean, we started praying at board meetings early on. I mean, we did all the things since day one. It hasn't been a. It hasn't been gradual. Oh, so you you pray. In oh your company. yeah, I yeah. We it. pray before a leadership it. meeting every Monday morning. And we pray before every board meeting. That's culture. That's how it works. Um, and mm-hmm. I think what's neat is, yeah, I was nervous, but I in a sh- like weird way almost should have been. Um, I think. I don't want to walk in this like arrogant confidence of like, oh, like I know it's right and I'm bringing God into this and you're just going to like sit and listen to be part of it. Like, no, um, I want to make sure that I'm inclusive is the wrong word, but I'm doing it in in wisdom um, and I'm doing it in the places that matter that aren't just for fluff. Yes. I think like, can, it also allows you to
2: be you. Yeah. At work. like, And that's especially when you've got to deal with all the stuff that you've got to deal with is to to really be you. Well, and to let that let your personal brand be your
0: be the dotted brand yeah. is a healthy intersection. Our CTO says all the time he gets to be his authentic self at dotted. Now, that has a plus and a minus to it, frankly. It sure does. His authentic <laughs> self can be very difficult. Shout out. He knows. Um, <laughs> but his authentic self can also be him. There's going to be more pros and cons. You got it. Yes. I don't want a facade of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I want real, and real sometimes means... Hard conversations and elevated voices, uh, but real also means that I'm getting a hundred percent of you, um, not a hundred percent of what you want me to get. Um, <sighs> and I think that that for me is a that's huge. I don't Let's want pick. I don't want non real. Give me love real. I love it.
1: I love it, bro. No, nah, man, I, and I do appreciate you for bringing God into that because yeah. in in the world today where God is being less, more and more shunned on. Are shunned upon. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just enlightening to see you hold his name.
0: Yeah. No, I, I want to give um, one shout out here. I think, I think this is important of the listeners get this. Um, there's a great uh, pastor who actually left uh, pastoring and now actually has a podcast, Tim Ross, um, who started the podcast called The Basement. Um, and he had this guy named John Bevere on. Um, and John Bevere wrote, wrote this book called The Awe of God. And, this this whole content and this book and this all this thing has just like started messing with me in the best way possible um because what God explained to me is like actually we as human has, we as humans have an inappropriate relationship with sin like we we don't see the world the right way, obviously, uh, and so what that leads to is a lack of fear of God mm. and I think for me is how I go back to your question around do you bring God into it and were you nervous like There's a fear of man and a fear of God complex that are competing against one another. And that was something I had to get over. Am I fearful that man is going to have a negative response to my fear of God? That's a question you have to ask. And this question, not just you have to ask, but you have to answer it every day. Because you get put into these situations where your fear of man versus fear of God You have to make decisions from a business perspective, how you're going to charge people, what you're going to do to your employees, how you're going to treat them, the things you're going to set up. Like every single day you're met with these opportunities to choose the fear of man and to people please. But I think there's an even healthier response that is actually driven out of a fear of God and a fear of the eternal in a lot of ways. Um, And that for me has just been like, okay, great. That's a guiding force on how I want to make decisions. Um, because yeah, in my sin, outside of that, I would go do all sorts of crazy things. Um, but I don't want to go that direction, there's no life over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, road. yeah, that's just I want to go, Miro, love you,
1: man, Kyle. Thank you so much for enlightening yeah. us today, bro. This it's is a
0: bunch of gems. Bro, man. this has Thank
1: been great. You. I know. I need to go it's back. It's awesome
2: getting to know <laughs> you, man. You. I <laughs> can see why the company's so successful and for sure. I mean you're extremely humble, but it's it's you. He is. You know, I mean he you is. have great people, but yeah. You yeah. bring it.
1: Just keep it up, bro. That's I think that's what Matt's trying to say, man. Is just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Keeping keep keep God running. first. Yeah. And we just gonna keep keep winning. Exactly. Every single day, baby. Every day. You win
0: every day. <laughs> well, Kyle, where can they find you, man? Gosh. Uh W- like, w- w- yeah i was like <laughs> www.dotted.com uh, d-o-t-t-i-d uh because i'm not edgy at all but yeah. i replaced the e with the i Ooh, okay. um and then yeah you can find me on my instagram handle wait we didn't even ask him what does dotted mean uh sign on the dotted Line.
1: Hey, <laughs> I like it. I like also it. Also winning. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, didn't I like know it, that. that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, Kyle, man, thank you so much for coming to today's show. Yeah, we love to have you on the Interpump
0: podcast. Dude,
1: hey, anytime you. you want to come back on, you hit us up, bro, because we need to. We need to know more gems. We need to know yeah. how Dot is doing, and we need to know how the walk with God is doing as well, man.
0: Dude, blessed by y'all. Thank you yeah. Thank you. Brother. Appreciate you. All right, we out. Interpump, yeah. baby.
1: Peace. I never mess up the comments, You know I put that on my mom. Well, that's all we got for this episode of Inner Pump One thing that would really help both of us and other new potential listeners Is for you to rate this show and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen Also, make sure to check us out at innerpump.com on social media And if you enjoyed this episode and received anything of value Please share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it until next time, we out baby. Inner pump. Peace.